Welcome to Wishful Binging's Transatlantic Crossing. The story of my experience sailing the Atlantic Ocean. A two-month journey at sea across three continents in the pursuit of risk and discomfort. Follow the highs. <laughs> the lows. How the fuck am I supposed to get back into the airports if I don't have a visa to get out? And all that's in between. Welcome to the Wishful Binging Podcast. Welcome to the Wishful Binging Podcast. Welcome to the Wishful Binging Podcast. Accompany our pursuit of risk, discomfort, and creativity. All episodes available on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iTunes. Any feedback is appreciated. Wishful Binging on Instagram and wishful.binging at gmail.com for email. Cheers. It only lasted 72 hours, but the Cap Finisterre was arguably the most important milestone. We left La Rochelle doubtful, stressed, and worried the weather would trap us. Despite the plastic bag and water infiltration, we were making decent time. Our third day was a long one. We had faced a water infiltration, and I had faced a collision course in the midst of night. Once past Cap Finn, we should have been sailing smooth, but Tomas noticed the ship was struggling to maintain a straight course. By then, we didn't know we had lost a rudder. A catamaran is equipped with a rudder and an engine propeller on each floater. It is the rudder that controls the direction when navigating with wind or engine. Given the ship was brand new, we didn't think much of it. But a brand new ship also means we'd be the first to find out its defects and weaknesses. We would have to wait for a flat sea to dive under and inspect the ship's hull. Unfortunately, this day never came to be. Therefore, we were forced to wait for our arrival in Las Palmas. With our first milestone completed, all that was left was to be patient and kill time. In fact, it became an obsession of mine. As soon as I woke up, killing time. I later learned it was the wrong approach. My crewmates didn't play chess or any game as a matter of fact. I listened to music and podcasts for hours on end. I discovered a passion for writing and an appetite for reading that was foreign to me. I even tried working out. It served as great comedy for the crew. I had movies, but those would serve best for my night shift. To me, daytime was the hardest. I felt like I was constantly waiting for something. Lunch, nap time, afternoon drinks, and finally dinner. That first week, I managed to enjoy the present only at night 
Sailing in the dark was foreign to anything I've ever known. Being on deck alone has a calm intensity to it. Comforted by the moonlight, occasionally paving a path on the water's surface, yet surrounded by danger. You could fall overboard while pissing, and no one would realize until they woke up. It is the number one cause of death, according to Thomas. And a slow one at that. But as Felakuchi says, Wata has no enemy. In his late 60s, Patosh is the oldest crew member. Yet sometimes, I see a teenager in an older man's body. We bonded from the get-go through our shared passion for music. He's surprisingly up-to-date with modern technology. Why? He taught himself to produce electro music on his computer. He says it's the genre that allows him to take from all musical influences. But every now and then, his age betrays him, showing both his technical shortcomings and wisdom. I remember a morning where he confused Spotify being disconnected to the Wi-Fi with disconnecting his Spotify account. He was then logged off what he cherishes the most. After a week at sea, we were enjoying the sunset around drinks and snacks when I received the email that said my grandmother was passing. Before departing Morocco, I already knew I was saying my final goodbye, but it broke my heart to literally sail past my hometown of Casablanca and family. I fell asleep early that day, waiting for an email through the satellite phone, until I was slapped awake by a wave going through my cabin's window. That was a new low. In my time of grief, I had committed the rookie mistake of opening my cabin window and getting salt water into a brand new boat. So, months later, as I reflect on that day, I mean, it was rough. Uh, it was really rough. I was still trying to process the news about my grandmother. Uh, I felt so much shame at being so far from my family while they dealt with the situation. And I couldn't even deal with that because I felt so ashamed of having uh, of having done such a rookie mistake. You know, getting salt water in your boat is bad enough, but getting salt water in a boat that's meant to be delivered brand new, you know, there's a certain amount of trust that your captain puts in you. Because this is his job. Thankfully, they were very understanding and full of empathy, but it's never that simple. And, you know, you keep telling yourself, I chose this. No one forced me to be here. What followed are a few very rough days, the kind that really make you grow in a short period of time. As you reflect on your decision to be here, whilst sleeping on a mattress that's wet because of your actions, 
until one day in the dawn of night we arrived to Las Palmas, Gran Canaria. We arrived at about 5-6 a.m. and immediately docked and jumped underwater to inspect the problem we'd been suspecting. And of course, the worst had occurred. We had lost our left floater's rudder. We were then officially stranded in Las Palmas until we could replace our left floater's rudder. And if a solution wasn't found within the week, Els would have to call off her expedition with us due to responsibilities she had in France. This caused a lot of tension for crew and captain. Unfortunately, Fontaine Pajot didn't have any rudders available for immediate shipping. Therefore, we'd have to improvise one. The shipyard would use a rudder shaft as a base to weld steel plates on in order to sail. Dismounting and mounting the rudder shaft would take diving into the poop-filled water of the Las Palmas port along with all sorts of trouble. Nonetheless, I couldn't help but enjoy my time in the Canary Islands. Cheap beer, jamon, jogging through the streets of Las Palmas, chasing skirts, surfing, and sharing tales with other sailors. We were docked next to another catamaran called Tumavu, a brand new catamaran from South African manufacturer Leopard. They were concluding a difficult journey upwind towards the Mediterranean from South Africa. In case you're wondering, there are little to no welcoming ports on Africa's southern west coast. Therefore, their first stop in weeks was the Cap Vert on the coast of Senegal, where the owner had remained quarantined after having been diagnosed COVID positive. The crew had grew and shrunk throughout the journey. What remained was South African skipper Pete, Portuguese first mate Pedro, and fellow French noob Manon. They had become our drinking buddies, sharing stories and experiences. What time I start work? Nothing. So I wake up 9, 10, 11, start to do my work, easy. But what's good, the, boat, the owner arrived, the boat was always good, everything is working, everything is okay. Okay, he never asked me, never. So now you're used to just sleep all yeah, the time. Because the best sleep is in the morning. And in the afternoon. In the afternoon. And at night it's very good. And at night it's very summer. At 6 o'clock I love to sleep. Within six days of our arrival in Las Palmas, our new rudder was ready and mounted, although not without difficulty. The following day, we tested the ship and departed. <laughs> 